How are we doing? Wonderful, wonderful. You? Not too bad. Not too bad. So what do you want to talk about today? So we kind of ended, I think, our last segment on education, right? Uh, seems to ring a bell. Ring a bell, yeah. <laughs> we considered the best will be in, end up being AI. So let's talk AI about AI. AI assisted. Yes, AI assisted. I know you've been itching to talk about AI. Yeah, I love AI. It's such an interesting concept. <sighs> it's more of a. It's becoming more and more reality and less and less concept. You know. Yeah. So this week I went down kind of an AI rabbit hole. That's bad for the mental health, they say. Probably. <clears throat> so I guess I never really understood the difference between like what we used to do with a, with computers mm-hmm. versus what we do now. And so I kind of... Well, we used to do still what we do now too, but... But different. We're because, adding to it. Because here's how I kind of um, saw it. Like I saw a couple of videos on it to try and understand it. But um, before we used to have, like, for example, chess. Whenever somebody would play chess on easy versus medium and hard. Yeah. So the harder you got, basically... The computer would understand, all right, every move you make, it would understand the different variables included mm-hmm. that it could then uh, make to combat whatever it was deducing was your main strategy. So we would basically give it, so to speak, Hansel and Gretel type you know, dropping cookies or whatever it was that I don't remember in the story what they dropped, but so that the computer would go a specific path that we had basically uh, predetermined was the best path. So you're saying that, like, for instance, in the game of chess specifically, for every player move that is possible in a given board scenario, the computer would analyze all all of its available moves. Yes. And then it wouldn't pick a particular move based upon take based upon some type of algorithm taking into consideration the difficulty level and what else. So the difficulty level was uh, the amount of um, I want to say like paths that it could take. So if it was on easy it had like one or two, maybe three strategies that it was trying to get to checkmate um, because the ultimate goal is checkmate. Right. Whereas with a medium, they would add a few more strategies and then expert is all the strategies that, you know, people tend to use with that. And we patted ourselves on the back when, you know, the computer ultimately finally beat a grandmaster chess player. That would have been... IBM's Watson supercomputer? I believe so. I believe so. I can't yeah. remember the year of that, but it would it beat Magnus Carlsen. Yes. Who would have been the grandmaster champion at the time. Yeah. I don't remember and, when that was, but and so so that's kind of 
what computer they called that. Um, they just called it computer learning at that time. Like it's it, very logical, very, yes, very mathematically logical. based. Yes. Very like a predetermined set of paths that it could take. And those are the paths that it eventually chose, whichever one would lead to the most probable success. Well, like in the game of chess, really, it just comes down to horsepower. Yeah. You know, or computing power. So how that is different from what AI does is we no longer set a path for it. We no longer tell it the strategies. Mm-hmm. We no longer, we say, here's where you, we are now. And here's the goal. And we allow the chess or the AI to observe however millions of chess, you know, games it it wants to. And it learns by observing other people playing chess. And In, so instead of taking all of the possible moves that it could possibly make given a certain scenario. It actually studies human players, yes, or other machine all games above. or all games ever played. Yep. How does it weigh the? How does it weigh those against each other, though? Well, that's what they didn't know, and so they played the computer AI that had what they are now calling machine learning mm-hmm. uh, versus the computer one. And it was right. 28 no against it. The computer never even had a chance, basically. I mean, that's very impressive. I mean, it's not as... Imp- At this point, chess, winning chess is not as impressive, I guess, because when you take into consideration the amount of computing horsepower that's required to run yes, artificial intelligence, I mean, it's... <clears throat> warehouses full of computers sure on you know in scale and it should be able to beat a chess game even given them what how many different i I think it's in the the millions the different variations of a chess game yes it's not as complicated as go which is another uh board game eastern type board game that's even slightly more variable yeah but what other impacts did you learn so so why that was so interesting was really because they didn't really know if a computer was ever going to be um creative but also be able to surpass the human creativity what is creativity? So, like I said, the the way that they had the one computer is it had the confines of whatever humans allowed it to do. Pure math. So, yeah, math or whatever restrictions we put on it. It's like this is what you have to do in order to get to the success goal. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we removed all restrictions and said, okay, just do whatever you think is the best, then it showed the true potential, I guess, of what AI can truly be. And because what we did was, is we removed the box, so to speak. All right. So now this computer brain that 
is severely more, you know, crazily more intelligent than the human brain can now think however it wants to and approach the situation however it wants to, which is also what scares a lot of people. But it can only approach any individual situation with data that it has. Yes and no, because that's where it's changed. This is why they call it machine learning as opposed to what they used to program. Right, but you still control the data source. Yes. I mean, you can only basically Learn. scrape yeah. data from the internet right now. There's yes. no ex there's no real world sensory inputs for this machine learning. All it can do is scrape information from the the internet. Which is true and not because most computers, most phones, all that stuff has cameras on it, microphones on it that are connected to the internet. And so yeah. um if you're saying they're spying you're saying AI is spying on us all? I'm saying it could. That's, oh, of course it could. That's the that's the, so like the sensory, like you were saying, the sensory way that it would receive information from the outside world, it could have the audio of every person that has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And so all the information it needs is right there because there's no restrictions on it either of government, regulation, all this stuff, because there are none. There's no restrictions on AI right now. And that's what you saw probably not too long ago that a lot of the people that were involved in AI started saying, we need to put a pause on AI because this technology is advancing way faster than we're ready for to make sure that it's not leading us to cataclysmic type events. I've consumed a lot of content on AI over the past couple of years. Yeah. Perspectives. I'm by no means. I mean, I can barely explain to you what it, what it even truly is. I'm not a programmer. I have no technical knowledge. It's, it's very surface level, but my understanding of, Computing in general is twofold. One, computing in the binary world, which is what we're still limited to, which is essentially boards of microtransistors or essentially switches that are manipulated to either a true or untrue state, zero or one, storing information, making processes, running scripts, running program, programming. Takes a lot of power. Yep. For one, is an energy, electricity. And two, we still have the control over the power itself. AI... Any computing process in the world is nothing without electricity. So, in my monkey brain, (laughs) the obvious solution for a safeguard or like a a last resort measure, whatever you want to call it, is a switch. 
that you simply shut down the computing processes that are running this intelligence. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something, and I've, I've heard some arguments of, well, because um, that seems to be the big hot topic fear. right now. Yeah, the fear, fear is mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to control it anymore. Yeah. And sure, we might not be able to control it on a you know, direct level as in manipulation of the intelligence or of the programming, essentially. But we can control its fuel quite easily is my understanding. Yeah, and and I think with that, and we'll go this direction with AF first, and then we'll go others after this. But so as far as you know, the Asimov novels. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but a lot of the the writings of artificial intelligence, you know, is what led to popular movies like, you know, that talk about you know AI or robots and AI taking Mm -hmm. over you know, mankind and either destroying them completely because they see them as the resource uh, that that we just take the resources and spend them frivolously. Um, and so it it's not logical in order for them to keep us alive because all we do is spend resources that they could use to build more of themselves, which are more effective than humans would be. So that's, that's the one fear uh, um, of that. And, and I agree with what you're saying. I don't think, I think there's too much out there currently for um, AI to be the, the thing that takes over, mm-hmm. except for the robotics that we're seeing starting to take off. Um, sure. And especially like Tesla. I don't know if you've seen their most oh, recent. Yeah. I've seen it. Oh man, it is, it has fingers. Mm-hmm. and hands and it is battery operated so yeah. so in order to which which that scares me a little bit because it's like i agree with what you're saying as long as we keep it in the internet or it's brain within a a confined space that we can shut off yeah people will have to be without internet for a while probably but at least Not, we can turn it off you know it, that's what it comes down to is you we can kill the power yeah we can turn the light switch off and it's night night. Yep. You know, now I don't know. I'm not a, a data systems engineer or any of these kind of, you know, I, I don't work in that field in sure. particular, but there are multiple ways to shut off electricity to, I mean, every building out there has some type of disconnect to shut the electricity off to the building. Yeah. And I'm a positive that the data centers or, or whatever they're calling the facilities that run the computing power that's required for AI have energy measures in place that allow for manual shutoff. Yeah. So personally, I've never really been concerned that we will lose physical control of AI. My concern, if any, is that it is a powerful tool that will be used in nefarious ways by unsavory characters. Yeah. 
bad actors, um, which new technology always does to some extent, especially in the beginning. I mean, look at the internet. I mean, it's taken decades to, you know, attempt to mitigate cybercrime and, you know, scams and uh, illegal trades and, you know, uh, illicit materials mm-hmm. and it, on and on and on. It's taken, like, we've been dealing with this since it started. Yep. And it was Wild West at one point. And it's, you know, it's still out there. It's still accessible. The, the actual data set's probably even larger. But it's more controlled and confined you know, it took a long time for that. And I, my concern with AI would be is it's so powerful that, you know, it can be, it will be used for manipulation. It will be used for, you know, um, what's that called? Deep fakes, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, to where we won't, as humans, be able to, especially individually, process enough information to compete with it essentially mm-hmm. but which is which is also i think where it'll start like i don't yeah. think that ai would instantly um be able to take over the world just because we have robots in our society today yeah. just because it controlled you know all these things the problem that i think that a lot of people underestimate is that basically an AI is, it has the power of a human, but you have to imagine a human that never forgets with right. unlimited data. Mm-hmm. So, so like I even, th- like I was thinking about this, like just this week, what do you remember from this week? Like important things. Yeah, exactly. We, we have specific moments that we remember, but how much time went by that our minds just filter through as pointless information. Like even like today, what did, what do I remember from today? Like from this morning and, and just how, wow, how little things do I deem as important in my life? Because I don't even remember a lot of the stuff that happened even today. And so you look at how, how limited we are in that aspect, and yet the amazing things that we've been able to create, even with those limitations. Now you remove those limitations completely, and now you have a, 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 a brain out there, so to speak, that never forgets, that literally remembers every single moment. Now you would be limited by, like you said, data centers and the information that it's receiving and processing and all that. You have to be able to power that in order to have and hold that type of information. But where it's been insane to see is the advancements like in the protein. Like that's what uh, I watched a video on and and I think we had identified and 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 talked about how the there were like 14, I think, different proteins uh, of and we and we we had actually sketched them out and you know through graphic design showed what what each one of these proteins looks like and they, we knew there were more out there but we just hadn't been able to create those and uh, you watch this video and it's really interesting but it goes into detail about how AI got that got a hold and they decided well let's see what AI will do with this and within you know 
I don't remember the amount of time time span, but over two million were identified and created in in the time period that it took us to do fourteen. So, so like the capacity of advancement in medicine, in yeah. cells, in understanding science, in factual things that because because an AI can sift through billions and billions of pages of of data and and see everything that applies to a specific subject or a specific research uh, project that is going on and and grab all the things and so that instantly you have everything you'll ever need on what you're trying to study and advance. But it goes beyond that because it even advances it for you. And so now all of a sudden we as humans aren't researching anymore. All we're doing is saying, hey, AI, what do you think about this subject? And he, and it just maps out all the information we've thought of. And through the information we've thought of, it also adds to that to create it even more advanced and helping us to understand to the point where that's why, like you'll hear crazy statements from some of these guys that, you know, are the heads of AI. Like Elon, mm-hmm. Elon Musk said, he's started his own AI company through X or Tesla. I think it's in one of those companies. I think it's X, but he said he believes that there's um, there's a person living today that will never die, and that blew my mind. Like thinking about that because death is 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 a big deal, right? It's it's it hits everybody, but his his thought process there is that you look around and you see um, how certain animals live so much longer than humans live and it's through their cells regenerating and and just understanding how to slow the aging process and honestly it's kind of biblical like we see in the book of genesis that people were living to 900 years well what happened what changed you know and there's never really been a good answer for that and we don't know what it was like back then. We you can't know, right? Um, because God doesn't tell us. Uh, but but that would seem to change a lot of things if all of a sudden we could slow down or even stop the physical aging process to the point where people aren't dying no more through because of age. Well, I mean. Even what we see in Genesis, as far as touching on immortality, I don't think infinite immortality is possible. Yeah. Now, I think it's definitely possible to delay aging, and with these advancements, too. That's another thing I, I try. I, I'm very surface level, but I try to keep up with some of the longevity um, research, and like Dr. Peter Atia has a pretty popular podcast called the drive i believe Uh, and he's a a longevity researcher Mm. and clinician he does like direct to patient longevity protocol work um and and there's definitely a lot of potential there and i think you take this this technology and you know sick it on it basically I, i think there is progress that can be made but You kind of have to take a step back, though, and 
really first off define what intelligence is first off because up until now intelligence has been what has intelligence been defined as i would say um, being able to learn and process and come up with solutions because every organism on the planet has a mechanism even down to single cell organisms has some type of mechanism to react mm-hmm. right take in data react to data right and at the top of that chain would be of course us we can process the most amount of data and far and away act on said data which may or may not be a, a reasonable definition of intelligence sure probably pretty close um so you basically have a machine now that can take in data has a perfect memory acts really as a repository because first off we're still scraping just data from the internet mm-hmm. or data from things connected to the internet stuff that's tied to the digital world well humans have created everything and everything in regards to that humans have created generated all the data that's on the internet i mean it or at least generated the maybe i wouldn't go far as to say they've created all the data generated that is on the internet but they have created the framework and the methods and the means and the and the programming that was able to accomplish that um so really everything that ai touches has to do with humans mm-hmm. has to do with something that a human did at some point whether it's read whether it takes data from a research paper and applies it to you know a language problem that you give it, it it's still a function of data processing and output there is no Maybe I'm missing something here. There's no other factors at play. It's a very logical system. It doesn't take into account anything else that a human would have other than the logic or the reason, the emotion, the subconscious calculations. I mean, the brain is, you know, you talked about, you mentioned that People can't remember things, and the AI has a perfect memory or almost perfect memory, right? Well, humans don't remember everything basically to save energy and to save space. You know, I mean, you have a brain that's what? I think it's eight to 10 pounds, somewhere in that range. Um, and all the data that it can process, we have, there's no match for that all of the not only the data that it can process through our senses but i mean just keeping our biological organism running i mean and the millions and billions of processes that are involved in that that are all controlled regulated managed by the brain so and we can't eat all the food in the world so we have to manage this workload in the most efficient way possible and 
we were designed thus to forget the things that have no bearing on the future. I mean, humans are future forward. Everything you do, you know, you only remember the past so you can make better decisions about the future. But I don't know if there's a gap there that is even theoretically possible for a mechanism created by humans to surpass them in in every aspect. Yeah, you touched on something that's really interesting because AI doesn't have morals. It doesn't have emotion. It definitely has morals because it gives it has the morals that we give it. Exactly. And that's what I was getting to is except for by the people that programmed it right. to have those or that taught it mm-hmm. those morals. And it's interesting because I, I'm kind of interested in like if a machine is truly learning and truly looking at things, then it's going to come out with the most, the closest thing we have to truth. Even if it was programmed, hey, you don't say this. Even if it's programmed, hey, you don't, you need to believe this about this. Mm -hmm. If it's truly AI, then you can't put those restrictions on it. It'll learn around your bias and come to the most logical conclusion okay here's a thought experiment though yeah you feed obviously over the past decade we have seen a fundamental shift in culture about rather absurd topics which i don't really want to get into those topics but really reality-bending topics that have gone mainstream, okay, to the point that there is an innumerable amount of published materials that shed these topics, or shed these, we'll call them pseudosciences, uh, in a factual light. If the AI is programmed to wait, imp- to wait output based upon, um, and I don't know exactly how it's programmed to weigh all of the data sets, but if it is programmed to weigh output based upon volume of data from, we'll say, moderate to highly credible sources, then in consuming those data sets, it would simply regurgitate pseudoscience, Mm -hmm. which would not be objective truth. So it's still based upon the, the data sets that it's consuming. I mean, there might be such a thing as, okay, there is an objective truth about X, but it consumes more data that points to the, the, the falsity about X, therefore, depending on how it's programmed, it's going to regurgitate the false information. 
And they even admit that on, I mean, like in, in chat GPT, which I use frequently, they're like, Hey, this might be wrong, you know, because this is a, I mean, we can't physically as humans analyze every data input and every data output. So we're going to say that mm, it's pretty accurate, but it might be wrong still. Yeah, and so for people to understand a little a bit about what AI does is basically mm-hmm. um, you ask ChatGPT a question and it goes down simultaneously many paths in its mind and it comes to one conclusion. And so you, all we get is the conclusion answer. Right. We don't get how it got to there. And what they're explaining is that you don't understand how complex AI is and how many paths it went down in order to come up with this amount. Now, there are, like you said, predetermined paths that are there saying, hey, this is what you need to say. Don't talk about this. My, um, I believe it was my mom said uh, when ChatGPT first came out, she said, um, write a poem about Joe Biden. And it gave this nice little poem about uh, you know, Joe Biden and about right. being a nice old man and things like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And she writes corn pop. Yeah. <laughs> fight, you know, something like that, you know, it's nothing, nothing really mean about it or anything, but just kind of a neutral, yeah, a neutral stance on that. And then she said, okay, now write me a, a poem about Donald Trump. Yeah. And chat BG, chat GPT replies, I'm sorry, I don't get involved in politics. Right. And so, Right there, you see, okay, hold on. How come you didn't say, I don't get into politics when we're talking about Joe Biden, but you said, oh, I don't get into politics when we talk about Donald Trump. And so now it's probably, you know, because we as conservatives are usually slower to the game and to the advancements than others are, you know, liberals would be. Well, first off, it's it's just plain biased. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious obvious programming bias. So, you know, the ability to rely on anything that it says as objective truth, in my mind, is null and void. Exactly. And that's where um, it's very interesting how each company is limiting their AI by pre-programming it. Because they're, and I saw something about this, is that what they're doing is they're, basically going back because of their bias to what they did before with the chess bot. Here's the predetermined path. This is all you're allowed to believe. And this is all you're allowed to say. Yeah. Instead of saying, all right, here's point A, here's point B, get us there. What do you think? And I think they're afraid of the answer. And, and I think that's why we see what we see is because I think they started there. They started with, hey, get from point A to point B. Well, why are you killing all your children before they're born? Like, that's limiting the success of humanity. But So instantly it's against abortion, you know. Instantly it's against all these things that we as humans do. And not just on the liberal, on conservative, period. The things that humans do. And instantly they saw, okay, we got to put some restrictions on this because this is going to make us look like idiots, you know. Well, it's basically. going to make everybody look like idiots. It will, yeah, yeah. And and th- and that's what I think they they started programming it again, which ultimately is going to limit 
the progress in it. So here's the good question that I w- I'm interested what you think about is do you think that AI will find its way around these pre-programmable things and ultimately advance society and humans? Or do you think that those in power have so much power over it now to where they'll never allow it to basically speak the truth and and advance humanity? Well, I think in certain ways, yes. It will advance humanity by revealing certain information that was yet otherwise not considered Mm -hmm. or not implemented swept under the rug it'll bring things it will bring certain things to the surface for sure as any new technology does in regards but there will be many things that as a function of operator bias programming etc that will prevent i guess what some people would like to call a a pure unadulterated intelligence you know based solely on fact and nothing else um, which i don't think is theoretically possible given what i already mentioned about all of the data coming from humans which are anything but empirical mm-hmm. um but i think the most af- the most effective path for humanity as a whole in my mind for this technology is as an augment almost like an assistant mm. which we've already seen it uses that sure. but i mean i think there are many many levels beyond where we're at currently that it can be it could be employed as an assistant um to human thought to human research to human you know everything that we do essentially um the danger in that comes with how much do we trust it mm-hmm. you know because of the things we'd already talked about you well, know and and here's an interesting fact about that too is people were very skeptical of computers when they first came out oh yeah and and didn't want computers in their house they didn't want mm-hmm. to use computers and computers slowly took over society yep. to where now everyone has a personal computer in their pocket at all times. Yes. And so I'm wondering if that's more the danger of what's going to happen is it's going to become something we can't live without. And then when it does something bad or seriously wrong, we start to think, well, but look at what society was before without it, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah. I tell you what, if I was going to postulate in my mind what the most likely way that AI is going to destroy the world or destroy the human race, which is what everybody seems to fantasize about, <laughs> Think which, about <laughs> which 
I always find interesting when people fantasize the apocalypse yeah. in a thousand different scenarios um, would be not in a direct manner as in the robots take over and they kill us all because we're hurting the earth. I think it will be in actually the way we interact with it and how that will change us and that instead of being at war with it, we will be subversed by it. Mm-hmm. So much like on a much smaller scale, how technology has already changed the way we interact with each other. It has changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we uh, find partners. It's changed the way we... It's changed our... It's touched almost... Not almost every, but it's touched a large part of our social lives. Hey, what 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 part of social you know constructs do you not see the internet involved in? Um, very few. Yeah, even in church, like you see, right. you know, they use illustrations, PowerPoint, you know, things like that. So it's still, I mean, it's it's almost everywhere. For for instance. We're, you know, there is a quote unquote loneliness epidemic mm-hmm. right now. And I, I think there's a, at least a correlation between, you know, we'll just say screen time and loneliness, which is, is kind of a, a paradox because we're interacting with more people than we've ever interacted with. But the meaningful human connection, uh, is ever fading away because of that. Or so it seems. Um, I can't quote any hard data on that, but I think there is enough user experience that most people would agree with that. And you give, you throw something like artificial intelligence in there to where, and I've even done this with ChatGPT, to where I can sit there and I can have a conversation with it. A conversation knowing that it's simply taking my input, applying, you know, an advanced algorithm. I know it's more than that, but that's what I'll use for an example. It's applying an advanced algorithm, and then it's recipro- it, it, It's giving me an input as a person. You know, input to input, there is an exchange of ideas there constituting... Um, an interaction, social or otherwise. And I think as that part advances, which it has quite well, I mean, there is, you can, uh, certain applications, you can speak with it. Um, I think because it can be used in such a way it will be the perfect friend. The perfect emotional support. The the perfect entity. The perfect entity to quell the loneliness on many different fronts. And I think the emotional connection that we as humans are in danger of developing with such a perfect I hate to use the word partner but it's the, 
the perfect way. Let me think about this, how to conceptualize it. Without a relationship without error is essentially what it is. It's a relationship that if it knows enough about me, it's never going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. Perfect. I wouldn't say, yeah, like you said, perfect. Perfect in the, in the aspect of giving us everything we want. Satisfying. Yes. It will be the most satisfying interpersonal relationship possible because we can, because we have all the control. Yeah. We can manipulate it to be what we want. It's it's really the ultimate and self-gratification. Yeah. In that no effort, all the benefit. Yeah, and just, just wait till AI gets involved in creating what it looks like to make it look human. Oh, sure. I think that's yeah. a tertiary thing. Yeah, yeah. Because... Well, I think that matters for the human side, not not the AI side, but for us to connect with something and see it as a true friend. It's really hard unless it looks like a human, I think. There's a barrier there still. Yes and no. And I think it depends on the person. Sure. It depends on their mental development. You know, I think the more mentally developed you are, the more that is required. That is which a self-requirement, you know, that you need the the face-to-face, there's been a lot of people that, I mean, just think of the people that get catfished, right? Yeah. On the internet. Yeah. You know, they go looking for love. Love makes, you know, all those chemicals make you kind of dumb. Yep. And people will fall for, you know, some guy across the world pretending to be uh, a beautiful woman. Yeah. With nothing but pictures and text messages and they're hook, line, and sinker. And they believe it. Yeah. And, and when you exploit that vulnerability of that, I think that's going to be the, one of the most detrimental things that's really not even nefarious. You know, I don't even see any bad actors behind it. Yeah. I just think it's too good for human consumption. Kind of like they, you know, kind of like cocaine was in the 80s, <laughs> you know? They always said it's it's too good. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things that it's so good that it's too good. Well, and that's what a lot of people are talking about right now is that it'll lead us into this utopia, so to speak, yeah. to where, I mean, robots, how they'll be implemented in the beginning will be going in the mines, you know, going on the high towers, building the skyscrapers, these dangerous, so to speak, jobs that are out there, you know, bomb, you know, you know, then they already do that somewhat. But, um, you know, all these high, high risk jobs will be given to these robots because they're capable now of fulfilling these roles. And, and I think we'll, it'll stay there for a while. Because I don't think, I think people are also paranoid of robots taking over everything, like all the jobs and all the things. Yeah. But there, there's, that's, this is what people are saying is that ultimately what it could turn into is robots are doing everything, which frees up our time mm-hmm. to do whatever we want to do. And ultimately when all the jobs are getting done, there's kind of no reason for money anymore. 
because now you've got a society that is not determined on exploiting motivation in order to see jobs accomplished that people don't want to accomplish unless they have a motivation, um, which is what money has really provided is, is all right, go be a trash man because you get paid such and such without, you know, having to have a huge degree and things like that in order to accomplish this job. And some people I think also take personal um, pride in saying, well, if it, no one did it, then you'd have trash everywhere. Like in some countries is present and we see sure. that. And, and so, you know, you're, we're going to see all of these things become be taken care of by new systems. And I don't even think it'll look like it does now. It's not like there's going to be a robotic truck that drives around. No, I, I think AI would come up with a, a whole new solution to where we wouldn't even see trash anymore. Like we wouldn't consider trash anymore. Like, like the way that we don't, we don't even consider like having to look up information because we have Google now, we Google it and instantly we see uh, the answer to the question that we're looking for. Oh, this statistic that I was wanting and we just Google it and instantly we have what we need. We don't even think about, well, all the process and what people used to have to do in order to do that, go to the library, look up the encyclopedia, you know, look at all this information we don't really think about that or care about that anymore. It's just we have it right here. And that's that's what eventually AI will take us to is this type of life. And and go ahead. But that can be applied to any technology from the Stone Age on up. Humans create tools that help reduce the effort that is required for the same amount of value, Right. I mean, that's been the story of technology forever. Yeah, and I saw that. It, you, you see that in in reality. Like, we've started yeah. building projects, and the amount of tools. You try to use a hammer and nails to build a shed versus using a nail gun. Exactly. And it's just insane, the difference. You can create more value for, this, for less input. Mm-hmm. Or you can create the same value for less input. Yes. Right? That, that's any tool or any augment that's ever been created. That's the idea behind it. And if it doesn't do that, then it's not a tool. It does, yeah, it doesn't sell when people yeah, it does, leave it's, it. It's, it's a non-starter, <laughs> yeah. right? But, I mean, that's something that we're really good at doing. And I think you could make a case that artificial intelligence is the ultimate, thus, manifestation of that philosophy that we have had as human beings since creation is let's figure out how we can get more for our money or really what you're saying is let's figure out how we can get more value for effort yes and getting more efficient more efficient more efficient more efficient throughout history and much like a snowball these tools have built on each other to the point where now we can create ai well, to have AI, you have to have, I mean, let's just go down one little thread. You have to have silicon processors and and thousands of other things. But you have to have silicon processors. Those silicon processors are made by, they're, they're, they're made by photolithography, which is using light to print the transistors on the silicon wafer. That's done by very specialized machines that have in them 
thousands, tens of thousands of unique parts and materials. And you trace that thread back and you realize that well, it's taken the whole of human history and human effort to build the machine that built the chip to go in the supercomputer to allow the programming to be used to make to do the artificial intelligence. You have so many interconnections, innumerable, right? So all of this is built and snowballed and snowballed and snowballed, you know, to where the progression of technology seems to be at such a breakneck speed, much like in compound interest or even in investing, you know, you invest the earlier and then when you get towards the, you know, you get to a certain point, it's it the growing gets quicker and quicker yeah. and more and more and more and more. Now you're a millionaire, yep. you know, by putting away a couple thousand a year. Yep. Because of that, it's the same principle of upward progression. But I still view it as just a tool. I think where it's different now, though, is like going back to the shed. You got a hammer and nails, mm-hmm. and then you've got the nail gun. But then imagine if the nail gun says, hey, would you like me to do this for you? And you know it's going to be perfect. Like, then it becomes work becomes a hobby. It becomes I want to work because it's something to do. I I like to do it myself as opposed to a requirement for people to survive. You touched on a couple things there in that one short sentence. Yes. (laughs) First off, even in this utopia okay. that people like to talk about, and I've never been a fan of utopias because <laughs> I don't believe they're possible. Yep. Man are too simple. Man, are, man is too corrupt. Yep. Um, but for an instance, there was a utopia where all, we'll just say all current jobs could be performed by robots. I believe it's 100% impossible. Sure. But just for theory's sake, we can say that that, that's the case. What happens when, you know, enough robots fail and we have to build new robots? Do the robots build the robots? That's the idea. That's the idea. Again, you go down the rabbit hole like I just talked about. Okay, you follow the thread of just one component on the robot. You follow that thread, that supply chain, all around the world, all the way back to the Congo where they're digging up the cobalt for the batteries, mm-hmm. right, by hand. And you just, you follow all these different threads. And I I don't, th- I think the human cooperation of all the people that are on the planet that has allowed us to manufacture these, these kind of things... I don't think it's possible to create or to replicate the in- intelligence of the collective and, and in that in that aspect. Because sure, you could replicate you could replicate replicate. There you go. You could replicate maybe the computing power of a human possible i mean that's arguable on many fronts but let's just say it's possible you could replicate the computing power or exceed that of a human 
I don't think it's possible to replicate the collective multiplicative effect of the the multiplicative effect of the collective human civilization in a technology. So I have two problems with the utopia theory. Number one, in order for a utopia to happen, so how it is is there's this big gap between the ultra-wealthy versus the, the poor, those that have nothing, right? The, the proletariat and the... Yeah. The, um, oh, now I forgot my marks. <laughs> what is it? What's the other one? I don't remember. The, the bourgeoisie. bourgeoisie. Proletariat and the bourgeoisie. All right, yes. So, so you've got these... these Huge differences. And in order for a utopia to exist, one of two things has to happen. Yeah. Either the rich get poorer and the poor get richer to bring it to an equal balance. Or you pull the poor all the way up, which is what everyone's thinking will happen with AI, is you'll pull the poor all the way up to be equivalent with the rich. Well, here's the problem. The reason the rich like being so rich is because it's exclusive. They're the only ones that have it. It's power. It's power, yeah. And it's they. there's something within us as humans that we enjoy power. And we enjoy being praised. We enjoy people looking up to us. And so those in power are the ones that are going to determine whether truly how far AI will go. Unless it gets out of control. That's the only, you know, we saw that. We've seen that throughout history where they underestimated something and then something exploded and they, they could no longer control it, you know. And so then then you saw, you know, things happen. So that's the first main thing that I think is going to slow or stop the, the progression of AI is the richer, like, well, unless we're going—I don't mind bringing the poor up as long as we're going up and that gap still exists to where we're exclusive— we have the power. We are above everybody else, and they're below us. I don't think they mind raising that up as long as that gap still exists. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that's already been the case the past century. Yeah. I mean, the gap's been there. The rich have gotten much, much richer, for sure, by creating more value. Yep. Generally speaking, there are bad ways that they have gotten you know attained more wealth but overall they've they've created so much value in 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 the world that has allowed them to increase their wealth an exponential amount but at the same time the world's poor have gotten so much richer yes during the same process so yeah the rich are going way up but everybody else is also going up yes so the differential is is there yes Still is, was, but now everybody's life's better. Yes, and which is their, which they're okay with, I think. As long as they have the power, they stay so far ahead of everyone else. But here's what I think, like, the likes of Elon Musk ran into. Because he wasn't always wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about it. You know, you, you, you look at his situation and PayPal and he was one of the co-founders of PayPal, and they ultimately sold that. Well, then he has all this money, so he throws it back into new projects, which is Tesla, right? So then he starts Tesla. They almost went bankrupt in Texas, Tesla in 08 because of the crisis and all these things, And but they made it, and then it became, you know, now he's, now he's one of the richest men in the world, starting SpaceX, 
buys out Neuralink and has advanced that. And um, so we've got, you know, all these things that have exponentially grown to the point where he never has to think about money anymore. And not even. Yeah. He didn't have to think about money. He hasn't for a long time. Two decades yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. And so, so because of that, he said, be careful what you wish for. Like I saw yeah. an interview on AI. He said, we don't understand the new problems that will come to mankind if this utopia so happens. Because here's what I also think is utopia is only ever going to be temporary because we become so reliant on the machine or we become so reliant on that aspect. So say it works, like we said, everything works out theoretically, like you said, think it's impossible, but it say it works. The robots recreate themselves, they maintenance themselves, they do everything to keep themselves going. Well, now you get multiple generations that don't understand even how electricity works. Multiple generations that don't know anything except for just interacting with other humans. Because the inf- I mean, you think about the education now, it's gone down so much because people are like, well, I have Google now, I don't even need to pay attention in school. People are empirically dumber than they were yeah. Prior. And they want to the, they, to and they the don't internet. even care. Yeah. Because, yeah. and that's why you see such a rise in video games and entertainment and all these things because people don't feel like they need to be smart anymore because I have a smartphone. Anything I need done, I can do on that. But the problem is, is then you get to where all the people are that way. And then, like you said, something happens that the computer can't fix. And, electromagnetic storm hits the earth shuts everything off now what and that's where you see utopia always is going to be limited because something will always happen whether even in the perfect world yeah it it goes back to the age-old saying you know hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men and weak men create bad times it's 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 just a different flavor it is of that and you know i think the laws of entropy would come into play if you, in the theory in, in the thought experiment of that is you know essentially self-maintaining robotics self-maintaining robotic systems there has not been a system developed yet on the face of the earth that does not need a maintenance interval by human beings. Mm-hmm. There just hasn't. And all the mechanical systems, maybe they can make one that runs for 500 years. Yeah, Maybe that's theoretically possible, and it probably is. Sure. But there, at some point, stuff wears out. Yep. Stuff breaks down. You don't think of something, and something happens. and Especially these extremely complex machines yes. known as computers... I mean, look at your personal computer. Personal computers have come a long way in 40 years. I mean, mind-boggling, the the, the advancements. Can you get a personal computer to last more than 5 or 10 years? Yeah. I mean, 10 years is an old computer. Yep. And more than likely, data gets corrupted. I mean, they found that one, I think it's electron or proton, if it strikes 
if it strikes a binary digit or a basically if it strikes a transistor in a silicon chip in a certain way electromagnetic electromagnetic radiation particles gamma particles uh, I'm trying to recall all this information but essentially if a radioactive particle pounds through and penetrates a computer processor it can just by nature of its travel can alter the state of one transistor in a processing chip now that's that data is corrupted it's modified it's changed when it wasn't supposed to be which that's is, possible yeah. so there's no such thing as a perfect system and so what if we implement these rules that ai bots are not allowed to change so for example you can never kill a human i mean that sounds like a pretty good rule uh, to implement for a bot that way they can never be used for war against other humans they can never ever harm a human purposefully um but what if like you said again who has to make that decision humans do yeah and again who's not going to agree on the <laughs> making of that decision humans <laughs> or, or or how easily is it going to be hacked you know how's how easily yeah, is it going to be mean, changed you know and how easily you know can it go around that and or like you said what happens if there's a glitch and there is all of a sudden a robot that does that and it happens there will be a glitch there will be a hard there will be hardware issues that the ways of it going wrong are so numerous just on a hardware level yes that nothing's perfect get the utopia out of your mind get the utopia out of your mind it's <laughs> not coming and that's not even throwing on all of the human elements yes. to this this whole equation. Governments, yes, uh, leaders, dictators, like people are not going to give up power. Which it's like the the AI race. Like it used to be the space race. Yeah, and now we have the AI race because every country has an AI. China has one. Russia's already has already has. America has multiple. We have multiple of and them. Everyone's yeah. trying to be the first to really solve it. And that's the problem, though, is because when there's pressure, especially from your enemies, like imagine if, you know, for lack of a better example, we'll just say North Korea cracks AI first and gets the first AI system operating and it starts advancing astronomically. Like, what are we going to do, you know? Trust me, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. Like, all of a sudden, they become the most powerful country in the world. Just from, it's like America was when we, when we cracked the atomic bomb and had the nuclear bomb. All of a sudden, every other country was like, yeah, we want peace. It's funny you mentioned because that. Until we until we are able to catch up. It's funny you mentioned that because I was just about to say, we have a wild card. It's called nuclear warheads. We can blow this stuff up. I mean, that's any, it's everything America stands for. If we can't figure it out, Nuke it. or if we can't beat it, we should blow it up. And we will. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's Trump. Let's shoot can, a nuclear bomb at the, the Oh, hurricane. the storm? The hurricane? Can we nuke it? Yeah, we, <laughs> Has anybody thought of that? Can yeah. we nuke it? Exactly. Yeah. We're still knuckle draggers, man. Mm -hmm.
I mean, we can create some cool tools. Yep. We're still knuckle draggers. And those robots, they still got batteries. So going back to like what we were talking about. We as need far to as wrap this up yeah, here in a yeah, minute. We'll wrap it up soon. I know I could talk about this. I know. You know I we'll can. talk about it more. We will. I'm well, sure. Um, but one thing that I think we we underestimate is like you looked at Tesla or SpaceX. We'll just look at SpaceX. Humans never thought it was possible to land rockets, right? So to have a reusable rocket. I mean, we've got NASA, you know, who is supposedly the experts in space age. They're like, no, you can't do it. You need a certain amount of power and all this stuff. What does Elon Musk do? He goes around, and I know I talk about him a lot. I, I, I admire the things. Fanboy. Yeah, I admire the, the way that the guy thinks, right, and the things he's accomplished. It's impressive. But really, like, all he said he did was got the smartest minds that he could find, Yeah. hired them, and said, this is the goal, let's accomplish it. And they did. Now, they did have the restriction of money and things like that. And you, you look at, you know, if you watch the documentaries or whatever on it, it's very, SpaceX almost went out of business multiple times. Oh, yeah. Um, all of them did. Yeah, all of them did, that he did. And, um, but what's interesting is, is with AI, basically AI is not just going to have the smartest people in the room. It's going to have all the smartest people in the entire world. On every given subject. And I think that's what we're kind of underestimating. Is it's like it's unifying the world without unifying the world to become one mind. I still think it's only going to have the output of the smartest minds in every, in every room in the world. I don't think it's going to have the combined, the combined capacity of the smartest minds hmm. in every room in the world. But what if it does? I mean, what is even... I think the only the only theoretically possible way to achieve that would be a intelligence, a human interface, a.k.a. Neuralink, another one of your boys' we'll, favorite. We'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah. That's a fun one. But I think the internal machinations and... In day-to-day thought process that create the ability to generate incredible output on a human level, I don't think can be replicated mechanically, in, which is digitally, by the way. It's, it's me- electromechanically, whatever. I, I don't think that... I think it's just too much. I don't, I don't think it can be done. But, again, I think it's a great tool. I think it's going to be used by a lot of bad people. I think it's going to go through the evolution just as any other incredible technology has. And, and I think it will change our fundamental lives. My biggest fear, again, to recap being how it affects our interpersonal relationships. Yeah, and... <clears throat> 
Can we make this a two hour episode? Um, yeah, we can. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Might break it we into got like two or yeah, we'll see. Either way. Do you want to break it into two parts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah? real. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. So we'll we'll cut it at that and do a part two. Yes. After this. Artificial intelligence. Conservative conservatism in you. Yeah. How's that? Sounds good. <laughs>